Welcome to the Elliot Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliot here with my boy Aaron Elliot. Hey, Aaron. Hey. And we are in Santiago, Chile, one last week. This is it. After this, no more Chile. Actually, I take that back. No more Santiago. But we will be going south to hang out with the Mapuche tribe. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to. Yep. But uh, this was the week where we finally figured out that we had done everything that we wanted to do in Santiago. So we did almost nothing. (laughs) Sure that. I mean, uh, I really, I don't think that we could have imagined anything else to do. There's maybe some museums to go to. But other than that, it's like, oh, you want to go to a restaurant? Eh, Maybe not. Eh, You want to go out hiking? Eh, Maybe not. I mean, uh, we've got work we've got to do. It's a great time to catch up this time of year, isn't it? it yeah, don't I know. I've been mm. uh, doubling up on assignments and things like tripling that. Tripling so up. Tripling up. Quadrupling up. Yeah. Uh, but before we uh, get into what we didn't do this week, I love that. <laughs> we didn't do anything this week. Uh, this week's question, which is what, something we're going to talk about too, which is before you leave a destination, just as you're getting ready, maybe you're like in your last day, what is the one thing that you like to do? Maybe it's visit a favorite restaurant or a favorite site, maybe a favorite museum, uh, or maybe visit with some friends if you're staying in a place where your friends are. So what's the one thing that you like to do before you leave a destination? Maybe, you know, visit a shrine or something like that. I mean, a lot of people go <laughs> on religious tourism and well, anyway. So that brings us though to uh, what we didn't or we did do this week, which was like, we did, there, there's a hike that we take every day up to the mountains and we look out over Santiago. It's very beautiful. I will post a photo of that too. And mm-hmm. we did that a lot and it's been kind of warm. It's actually been really hot. Uh, you want to talk about the hike a little bit because it's, it's a pretty famous hike here in Santiago. Yeah, I mean, so basically it's just a walk through uh, the Metropolitan Park up to Santuario Cerro San Cristobal, which is um, the sanctuary of St. Christo- Christopher's Hill or something like that. Named after me. Yes, of course. St. <laughs> Christopher. Yeah. And uh, in Latin America, they have a thing where they like putting large religious statues on the very tops of mountains uh, or hills. Yeah. And, you know, like in, in uh, Rio where they just have... And, and this looks a little bit, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, it looks a little bit like Rio, except maybe the hands are not. It's an Uma. It's, it's an a, Uma. It's a woman, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uma is like it's... Japanese for woman. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. yes. So Virgin of the Immaculate Conception up on that hill. Yeah, I mean, it's just, so, so we go over there. Uh, we walk from there all the way down to, uh, our, the road is Valdivia, is uh so we walk there and and yeah it's fun but it's also hot because we (laughs) usually don't get up uh until we don't we are not able to go walking until like Mm -hmm. two in the afternoon and it's blazing hot so i i look like i've maybe a couple of shades darker Mm -hmm. than when i got here this is probably a good way of transferring to one of the topics we wanted to talk about which is what are some of the essential things in travel that you do, essential things that you pack, essential things that you look for when you go to a destination, essential things that you look for in an Airbnb, for example. What are those essential things? And I think that for us, one of those essential things is finding a good walk to take. 
Because if you don't have a good walk to take, it's really hard to, you know, think clearly because you're just cooped up inside yeah, all the time. Yeah, and you know, when I think about it, Aaron, we, there were a couple of Airbnbs that we were looking at here in Santiago that were in areas where we couldn't have safely walked because it was just, uh, you know, yeah. Santiago is, it's very much two cities. It's a city that is a little bit more affluent and safer. And then there's another part of Santiago that is maybe less safe and uh, more urban. And, 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 and there are actually rentals there that we could have gotten that, that were... Much less expensive. Less expensive, but, but also uh, pretty, I mean, nice. These apartment buildings are, are not bad looking, but they're in a neighborhood where you, you know, you don't want to go walking after dark. You don't want to go walking alone. Exactly. So, you know, there are a very few parts of Santiago that are nice. And, uh, but the places in Santiago are like the best in Chile. So we're happy to be where we are. But if we had gone to the wrong place, you know, we, we wouldn't have been be able less to happy. find a, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have been able to find a place to walk. And I remember how that was, for example, when we were in South Africa, where we luckily found a place for one month in a really safe part of town and we were able to walk but it was the same walk every day yeah. out to uh out to the beaches and similarly it, well we were in south africa staying at some hotels where it was not safe to go out not possible to walk and so we were cooped up inside ordering uber eats all the time <laughs> because we were afraid to go out yeah yeah it, it was yeah that was pretty bad Exactly. Pre-departure rituals. We need to talk about that. Yeah. Um, let's start with here. What are some of the things that you're going to do before you leave? We leave in a few days to head south. So mm -hmm. well, what, what are you going to do before you go? So the first thing that I do usually is we stop buying groceries and we just try to go through everything we have. So any perishable goods, anything that you really don't want to be traveling with, you have to find a way of making that go and you have to do it pretty quickly too. So we have about a week left, less than a week actually, um, six days until we're gone uh, from the date of recording this podcast. And Yeah, we got you know, potatoes here, we've we got, got avocados. Potatoes. Yeah. yeah, a lot of perishable gonna, goods. Food will be eaten. Exactly, because <laughs> there's no food. way that we're going to be traveling to the next place, which is a hotel, with you know onions. It's just not happening. We've tried that. It doesn't work out usually very well because yeah. uh, if, if it spoils, uh, well, you don't even want to go there. Um, my pre-departure ritual here is going to be I am going to go to the grocery store to the Jumbo, the Humbo, one last time and get the really amazing Chilean grapes. We made a discovery. Chilean grapefruit is absolutely incredible. It is the best grapefruit that I've ever had. You're yeah. holding one right now in your hand, Aaron. I am. And after we record this podcast, I'm predicting that you're going to open it and eat it, peel it and eat it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Why are Chilean grapefruits so good? I have no idea, but <laughs> they taste great. They're very sweet. They're not too bitter. It's kind of like the Chilean avocados. Uh, which are very good too. Which are also very good. Yes. They're almost perfect. And also yes. like Chilean grapes, which are at this time of year, very, very good. So if you come to Chile in the winter, your winter, our summer down here, uh, don't forget the produce because it really is something to behold. The grapefruits, the avocados, and the grapes are absolutely incredible. Yeah. 
Exactly. I think that there are other uh, pre-departure rituals, though, that you need to touch on. Like, for example, what are you going to do with all of your stuff? How do you make sure that you don't miss anything? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> That's a good question. And we have a ritual before we leave. So we normally leave fairly early in the morning, catch a plane to our next destination. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think our flight actually this time leaves around noon, so we're going to have plenty of time in the morning. But we usually get up very early. We clean the place mm -hmm. because we don't want to get hit by an extra cleaning fee. And then we go through the place several times. So you go through your room, I go through my room, we go through the kitchen and the mm -hmm. bathroom. And then just before we leave, we go through it again. Yeah. And you would be shocked by how much stuff we actually leave behind sometimes, or almost left behind if we hadn't done that last pre-departure check. Yeah. And I think that that's really important, doing those pre-departure checks and then also being organized because this is the thing, when you are at home, you can afford to you know, lose something, stick it in a nook and cranny, find it later. When you're traveling, you don't know the place as well, even if you're staying there for a month like we do. So if you stick something in a nook and cranny and then forget mm -hmm. that you even owned that and you forget to look for it because you, know, you assume that there's nothing there, you might uh, be losing something really important. Yeah, yeah. Plugs are most commonly left. And also, uh, if you carry your own shampoo or soap, the shower. I, I have left so many shampoos and soaps in the shower, and uh, that's very unfortunate. So yeah. always look in the shower and always look at the outlets in the wall. Speaking of the shower, though, uh, you cannot travel with most soaps and liquids and things like that unless you plan in advance like you have. How do you plan to travel with your uh, soaps? Oh, good question. There's a, um, <clears throat> on Amazon, there, is a, a, there are a couple of containers that are airplane safe. Mm -hmm. So I take all of, I have a favorite shampoo that I like to travel with, but so I, I take that and I just put it inside the containers and throw the original container out. Mm -hmm. um, if I didn't do that, the whole, planes are notorious for making your liquids leak. Um, and then also what I do, this may seem really paranoid to you, is that I take these um, plain safe containers and I put them inside a Ziploc bag so that just in case something does happen, like maybe I don't close it all the way, it still is not going to leak all over because the last thing that you want is to have all that stuff leaking into mm -hmm. your luggage and actually when you're traveling through Europe that's really important because they want you to put all of your liquid containers in a plastic bag before you uh, mm -hmm. before you go on a flight true especially in the EU um, but yeah, I'm sure Portugal that... look the worst they actually sell little plastic baggies and they force you to put everything in, in yeah, those bags exactly it's just crazy <laughs> and uh, and so yeah you want to be you want to be prepared for that possibility and there are other possibilities, of course, you know, depending on where you're going, you need to make sure that you're not packing too much in terms of weight. So even if you, let's say you land in a place like Australia and, you know, you have a backpack that maybe is weighing six kilos, you're not going to be able to uh, pack on another couple of kilos. You're not going to be able to just have another tote bag and say, oh, well, I, I can just, you know, put some things that I collected here. No. If you are running up against six kilos in your backpack, um, you're going to have to put whatever it is that you want to bring back home with you. 
you're going to have to put that into your uh, into your your pocket. Not your well. Yeah. You could put it in your put it pocket. In your jacket. If you're uh, you could put it in your jacket. Yeah. But also, you would need to put it into your uh, rollaway. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Australians are notorious, especially the low fare carriers, if you want to call them that, uh, for being very strict about luggage. Yeah. Uh, don't tempt fate. Don't carry a lot of stuff. If you're like doing a domestic flight in Australia, just don't even mm -hmm. think about it. Uh, Virgin Australia is the worst. They will stop you if you're like even a quarter of a kilo over and they will force you to repack. And by repack, they mean take something out of your luggage and throw it away. Yeah. So we've discussed how you handle food, how you handle your medical goods, how you handle your technology, but we haven't talked about how you handle your clothes. Because I think that a lot of people, when they go traveling, they aren't always thinking about uh, what's best for their clothes. And when you travel, there's a very different workflow for making sure that your clothes are clean, your clothes are organized, i.e. not getting lost, and then also being aware of where and how and when you can clean your clothes. Because it's not a given that everyone has a washer and a dryer, especially when you're looking at Airbnbs. Mm. Did you just call a workflow, Aaron? Yes. That's, that's very corporate of you. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've discovered a lot about how to handle clothes mm -hmm. when you're living out of a suitcase, like we are, which is luggage cubes are really important. Mm -hmm. The luggage cubes are not just important for reducing the size of your um, belongings. They're very helpful for that because when you zip it up, it actually compresses everything. Mm -hmm. But they're also helpful for sorting uh, dirty and clean laundry. Yes. And especially, I think that the luggage cubes that uh, do not that are not porous. So, for example, we uh, there was a luggage cube that came with a, an actual unit of luggage, and we ended up giving the unit of luggage away. But I kept the luggage. Uh, it was not a luggage cube per se, but it was a laundry bag that was airtight. Uh, it's not technically fully airtight, but it was airtight enough so that way the smell of dirty laundry would not seep into uh, my other clean clothes. So for example, on a travel day where you have dirty laundry, what I usually do is, as a part of my rollaway, I would allocate half of it for my dirty laundry and the other half for clean laundry, if that's the case. Oh, you're but, talking about the half-half thing that you got yeah. there. Yeah, that's, that was really interesting. Do you still have that? Um, uh, I do. I, I have this, uh, it's like a duffel bag. Oh. And, and what I do is, uh, in my rollaway, half of it usually, sometimes it goes to books. Um, but if there's enough, uh, if I have some dirty laundry, I'll put it in there. But if there's not enough, if I have too much dirty laundry, I can actually put them in the same side of my rollaway and not have to worry about my clean clothes starting to smell like my dirty clothes. It's always best to get a, a rental with laundry facilities. Remember that in a lot of countries, dryers are not really part of the setup, so you need to hang your laundry out. Mm -hmm. So I'll, if you need a dryer, make sure that you ask for it, and then always do laundry the day before you travel. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're traveling home. Like for us, we don't really, there's no home to go to, so we're just going on to the next place. But you don't want to be arriving with dirty laundry. You want to yeah. be arriving with mostly clean laundry. And the reason is you wake up the next morning and you have nothing to wear because it's all dirty. You've exactly. done your last set of clothes. So really important. Exactly. And I think, I think on that related note, 
you want to make sure that you actually have a washing machine because a lot of places, for example, when we were looking at uh, places in Japan and also places in, in Thailand, uh, they didn't have laundry facilities. And going out to see a laundry facility, uh, sorry, going out to see a laundromat every couple of days yeah, no is really time consuming and not worth your time. No, laundry facilities, uh, if, if you think that you can cut corners by getting a rental that doesn't have laundry facilities and just going to a laundromat, you're going to be disappointed because we've spent afternoons, entire afternoons in Tokyo, you know, trying to find laundry facilities yeah. and then waiting for them to be done. And it's just obsessively no dry, uh, putting fun. coins into the <laughs> yes. uh, into those vending machines, just drinking Mugicha until the fucking thing is done. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about laundry facilities in Tokyo is that they usually have a vending machine there so you can get your favorite drink and then yeah. wait and just drink iced tea and get fully caffeinated. Yes, or, or you can go to like a nearby Lawson and just get like tons of onigiri. <laughs> just eat while you're waiting for it. It's such an yeah, American thing we to did. do. Yeah. Our question of the week, again, is what are your pre-departure rituals? What are some of the things that you do before you leave? Either you're leaving the destination that you're at or maybe you're just leaving home. What are some of the things that you like to do before you leave home? Um, maybe you, you know, pet your cat a little bit more or maybe, I don't know, <laughs> you, uh, you go to your favorite restaurant. Um, I know that here we have a place that we've really enjoyed that does good pizza. So we may hit that pizza place before we leave. We may even hit it today after we record the podcast. Maybe, maybe. This is one of those podcasts that's being recorded and published on the same day, living dangerously. I know. So, <laughs> in our last week's podcast, uh, we asked you what your favorite destination of the year was and where you're going next year. And we had a ton of responses. Um, people seem to like our, our pictures of the fruit and the waterfalls. So thank you for all your nice comments on that. Bernard says, uh, we thought we couldn't beat our trip to Chile and Argentina in December 22, but we just did after returning from Thailand, Cambodia, and Singapore. Despite the travel distance, we got to see the family, play with elephants, see magnificent wats, and visit Angkor Wat. The sights and the food were superb. He says Galapagos is next on the list, uh, but maybe not 24. Uh, Bernard you're traveling where we're traveling. This is awesome. Um, we uh, loved Thailand, Cambodia. We didn't make it to Singapore, though. That's on our list. Yeah, yeah. David says, my favorite vacation spot is Vail, Colorado, because I'm a skier. But this year, I plan to return to Zermatt, Zermatt, Switzerland. It's just a beautiful spot with no cars because it's almost impossible to get to by car. David? I love Switzerland, as you know, despite the things that have happened to me in Switzerland. It's one of my very, very favorite destinations. And Aaron, you like Switzerland, too. Of course. I would, uh, I would give anything to be in Switzerland in the next couple of months to do some skiing. Oh, yeah, that would be so. But nice. also, it'd be a crazy adjustment. But not really, because the time zone is closer to Europe here than it, is, uh, than it would be in like the East Coast. Christy says, our favorite trip of 2023 was a trip with natural habitat 
to see the polar bears in Churchill, Canada. Oh, yeah. Seeing this threatened species getting ready to go out on the ice of Hudson Bay was incredibly moving. Next year's trips are to be determined. Christy, we're going to be in Canada in probably in July in that part of Canada. And Churchill is, uh, we've already said Churchill's on our list, but it, it's worth repeating. I really want to go and see the uh, polar bears up there. I've seen the videos of them. It just looks incredible. There's a train that goes up. I think the train goes from Winnipeg, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Up to Churchill. I believe that, I believe so, yeah. W but it takes a while to get there. I, I just, I want to go. I've, I've been wanting to go there for years now. <laughs> All right. Kay says, I love Japan too. Okay, we love Japan as well. But going in August was hot. Uh, Nepal and the Maldives were both top-notch as well. Looking forward to Albania this spring and returning to Croatia and Serbia, which was Yugoslavia the last time I was there. Wow. Um, okay, let's talk about the heat in Japan. Down in Osaka, I got to tell you, it was hot and humid when we were there in August. Yeah, actually, when we arrived there, it was August, and mm -hmm. we, we, I remember going to Himeji Castle, and it was we were dying. so hot. <laughs> it was crazy, but it got cooler over time. August, so September, October, um, yeah, and November probably, too, is getting much cooler. And, it's, and you know, Japan doesn't really get that cold, uh, at least in the well, parts that the, we, where the, we were. The north, where you can go skiing and they have like record snow oh yeah but, actually but uh on the same latitude as it's actually south of the latitude of tokyo in the mountains just in central japan they have uh they have skiing there uh we were having a conversation about japan just yesterday about how it really grows on you yeah japan is, is a place where you like you know actually it wasn't that bad that was pretty cool actually it's so interesting being there because it's so different when we were in Japan, I, I was kind of like, yeah, it's okay. You know, it's okay. I think you could really tell on our podcast that I liked it, but it wasn't, I didn't think it was fantastic. Yeah. And I was having a really hard time also with things like the food and the language. Yeah. But then, now that I look back, I really, really like it. I, I want to go back. I love yeah. Japan. Um, there, there are things that you kind of start taking for granted in Japan, like, yeah. I don't know, the politeness of the people, the hospitality, yeah. the way everything is so clean. Yeah, especially contrasting it to South Korea and now Santiago and mm. Los Angeles. Th that contrast, it's like, wow, actually Japan, there's so much that it has that these places don't. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Well, that's about it for the LA Confidential Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to answer our question this week, which was on pre-departure rituals. Tell us what you do before you leave. And we are leaving. We're headed down south to visit with the Mapuche tribe. And I can't wait to tell you about that. So we'll see you next week. Ciao, everybody.